Hi, this is an audio recording of an online resilience practices class facilitated by Frank Baird on October 6th, 2021. The topic for tonight's class is practicing self-compassion. This audio recording is made available to you free for your benefit and enjoyment. And how about if we start with what is resilience? So it's the capacity and the flexibility with which we meet life. And it's made up of interrelated and complementary skills. And so the good news is because they're skills, we can learn them, we can practice them, we can improve them. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to practice one skill. And I just want to mention that there are lots of ways to practice. And so this is just one way. My encouragement is that you play around with this way and explore some other ways um, because not every way works for everybody. So tonight we're going to talk about self-compassion. So the key to resilience is knowing when it's safe to rest and then resting effectively and one of the ways uh, that, the, that we can do this is changing the focus from the stressor, the thing that's stressing us out, to how we are meeting or responding to the stress. In part, that's because uh, many times we can't do anything or at least enough to change the cause of the stress or the stressor. But there are things we can do to change our relationship to it especially in the given moment, like a lot of times because we're thinking and feeling about something, even though the only place it's happening for us in this literal moment is in our thoughts or in our emotions or in the tension held in our body, that that's a good time to go, I could rest right now. And having the skill to be able to let go of that, at least for the duration of resting. And then either being able to renew our effort to change that thing in the world, or if that thing isn't going to change, at least renewing our effort to be able to be more flexible and resilient in our own lives. So here's one of the things that helps with um, the ways we meet stress. So it's it's helpful to make um, these distinctions. We can meet stress with discernment. We can meet stress with judginess. And we can meet stress with compassion. There, there are lots of other ways we could meet stress, like, you know, with screaming or pouting or throwing a fit. But I'm going to use these three categories for our practice tonight. So here's what discernment is. Discernment is a recognition of difference. It tends to, well, it is objective and value-free. So by that, I mean discernment would be something like this object is larger in size than that object, or this object is blue and that object is red, um, or this object is blue and it is not red. Right? So these are some statements of discernment. It's recognizing that there's a difference, but there's no value in it. It's just an observation. Now here's judginess. And I make a distinction between discernment and judginess. So judginess is value-laden. It tends to be harsh. 
There's what in psychology we call an introject, which is the people that were mean and judgy to us. We internalize that and then we start to use that against ourselves and others in the world. Judginess tends to be either or, like either it's good or it's bad. It's not both and. And judginess, with judginess, there's only partial accountability. It claims like there's full accountability, right? So if I judge this thing, that's supposed to be the truth, but it's not. So some statements that reflect judginess would be something like this. I like bigger objects. I like them because, and then we have a story about it. Right. So instead of discernment, this object is larger than that object. It's this one's better than that one because I like bigger objects and I like bigger objects because. So there's always a story involved, which means it's not objective. It's more subjective. Something like I like the color red better than the color blue because and then here comes the story about why. Or this object is blue and I don't like it because, and then the story about it. So this is judginess. And then the other way, or an additional way we can meet um, uh, stress is with self-compassion, which tends to be kind and gentle. Instead of either or thinking, it's both and, and it's fully accountable. So some um, uh, some elements of self-compassion that have been described by uh, Kristen Neff and Chris Germel, or Germer, sorry, these are two people who've done a lot of research and teach a lot of classes in self-compassion. They say that the four elements, well, they say three elements of self-compassion are mindfulness, right? So mindfulness gives us what you could call clear perception. So it's an accurate recognition of what's going on. Um, kindness. Um, because why not? Um, we don't have to be mean to ourselves. One of the things they say is an element of self-compassion is <clears throat> the recognition of shared humanity, right? That a lot of things that we, um, that judginess would blame us for or try to hold us accountable for or be critical about, it does it in a way that makes it about like personal failure instead of acknowledging the humanity that is involved here and that like other people, like all people, I experience joy sometimes and sometimes I experience sorrow and sometimes I'm kind and sometimes I'm mean. So mindfulness, kindness, and shared humanity. And then Diana Winston from UCLA's Mindful Awareness Research Center adds recognition of our inner goodness, that we're all doing the best we can do. And some of us don't look at ourselves that way, and a lot of us don't look at other people that way, right? It's, it's, it's instead of uh, looking at people's inner goodness, we're, again, being judgy and critical and going, people could be doing a lot better, which with both and thinking is you could be doing a lot better and you're doing the best you can do, right? Either or thinking of judginess would be like um, you either pulled it off or you didn't, and you didn't, because judginess also likes perfection, which means unless it's perfect, it's not good enough. So, so um, I like these what-if questions, right? Like to let these what-if questions sort of influence um, your considerations. So what if it's okay for you to be you just the way you are? 
Like, if you consider this right now, what if it's okay for you to be just the way you are? Like, what would you do differently? How would you relate to yourself? How would you relate to anything if it was okay to be you just the way you are? Or what if you liked you more or at all just because you are you? Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, um, a, a pet or an animal or um, a friend, right? It's like you like them just because you like them. And sometimes we can identify qualities about why we like them. But what if you just liked them? You just like them. And how about if you just liked you because you're you? Wouldn't that be nice? And then what if your longings to be better were part of the beauty of being you? Right, So judginess and its relationship with perfectionism always says you're not good enough. And then sometimes it'll tell you how you could be better. right? But the, the you that wants to be better, the you that longs to be better, whatever better is, um, is already here. Right. It's already that person is already here. And so the beauty of that is what if I nurtured that with kindness and compassion? Would that help me grow into the being that I want to be the better being? I would say yes. But let me read you this poem. So um, this is a a poem that I really like that um, is evocative of what I'm talking about here. So if you can start the day without caffeine, if you can always be cheerful, ignoring aches and pains, if you can resist complaining and boring people with your troubles, if you can eat the same food every day and be grateful for it, if you can understand when loved ones are too busy to give you time, if you can take criticism and blame without resentment, if you can conquer tension without medical help, if you can relax without liquor, if you can sleep without the aid of drugs, then you're probably a dog. So I don't know about your experience with this poem. The first time I heard it, I heard all of these things, like not just if, 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 but like commandments, like you should be doing this. And then you get to the end there, then you're probably a dog. And like, wouldn't that be nice, right? If I can do all that, I'm not me, I'm a dog. Well, since most of us or all of us here aren't dogs, because my dog hasn't figured out how to use Microsoft Teams yet. My dog can use Zoom, but not Microsoft Teams. Since we're not dogs, then wouldn't it be nice if we could relate to us In this context of what if it was okay for you to be just the way you are? What if you liked you just because you decided to like you? What if your longings to be a better person is already part of the beautiful part of being you? That's what we're going to explore with some self-compassion tonight. So approaching self-compassion has to do with our attitude toward ourselves Um, Our body configuration, because our bodies get configured around the things that we're thinking, feeling, and doing. So you know if you're judging yourself negatively. Actually, uh uh-oh, hold on. Something's going on. 
Let me just make sure. Can you all still hear me? Can somebody pop that into the chat? Because my computer just glitched. It's because I criticize Teams, isn't it? Okay, it looks like it's working. Um, so I'm going to proceed as if it is. Um, uh, I shouldn't criticize Teams if I'm using it. Um, the technology is really sensitive. So approaching self-compassion, then um, we're really focusing on our attitude toward ourselves, how our body gets configured, because it gets configured around what we're thinking, feeling, and doing, and um, self-talk. So some of us have self-talk, some of us don't. Um, and then imagining, uh, so one of the other ways that we can do this is imagining a benefactor or someone who loves you, uh, lovingly talking to you or with you. So some people have an easier time with the first three. Well, some people don't have an easy time with any of this, but some people have a, a less difficult time with the first three. Some people have an easier time or a less difficult time with the last one. So in the practice today, we're going to play around with these so you get a chance to experiment with them and, and notice the effect. So tonight we're going to practice using self-compassion. And the easiest way to do this practice is just listen to my voice. So some of you are new here, welcome. Um, some of you have done these kind of practices before. Some of you have been here before. So the easiest way is just listen to my voice and notice what happens when you hear the words that I say. Uh, I invite you to get comfortable and your eyes can be open or closed for this practice, whichever you feel most comfortable with. So we're going to do a kind of meditation. And some of you have meditated before, some of you haven't. But again, easiest way to meditate is just listen to my voice. But I want to say a word about discomfort. Any discomfort that is either already here or any discomfort that might arise during the practice. So the invitation here is do whatever you need to do to be comfortable enough to be present and practicing. Sometimes these practices are sort of facing long-standing habits. I think especially the long-standing habit of being critical to ourselves. And one of the things that can happen is we start to experience the inner critic during the practice. And sometimes what happens is, like if that judge is really persistent, sometimes we just stop paying attention or we can't do what we're doing because we start thinking or feeling about something else. So if you notice that happening and you can bring your attention back to the practice, great, do that. And if you can't, then do whatever you need to do, right? Because you don't need help replaying some habits of thinking, feeling, and doing. You don't need help with the being critical of yourself, right? You need help with the cultivating self-compassion. So if you're doing that, even if it's a little challenging at the moment, then keep practicing, work with whatever comes up. But if you can't, feel free to stop the practice, come back, try it again another time. Trust your judgment about what needs to be done. So with this said, if you haven't already, I invite you to get into that comfortable posture and let's do this practice. 
So one of the things we might do to start with is settle the body. Again, it's going to be configured around things we've been thinking, feeling, and doing. And if we're not going to particularly think those things or necessarily feel those things or do those things, what you might notice is if you bring attention to your body, you might on purpose make a gentle, friendly effort to settle your body, to let go of any tension or tightness that you can let go of, and any that you can't let go of, then let it be. Some of the ways that can help settle the body are feeling the heaviness of the body. Feeling where your body makes contact, either with the chair that you're sitting on, or the cushion, or if you're one of the lucky ones and you're lying down right now, where your body's making contact with whatever it is that you're touching. Maybe feeling the sensations happening in the feet. And again, letting go of any tension or tightness that you can. It's really easy for attention to wander off or get pulled away. So for this practice, if that happens, gently bring attention back to the body. Let the body be a meditation anchor, a place to rest attention or a place to restart the effort of paying attention. So now I invite you to practice some self-compassion, self-talk. So sometimes when we do this practice, you're invited to bring up something. Instead of bringing up something, just notice what happens when you try on these different phrases. When you hear me say them, or if you repeat them in your mind, just noticing how your body feels. Notice what happens with your attention and your mind. 
So with self-compassion, what we're doing is cultivating the conditions so that it can arise on its own. So we're not making it happen. We can't make it happen. But we can create the conditions whereby it might arise. So for example, if there's any part of your body that's uncomfortable right now, if you're feeling any pain, or if there's any emotional pain or sadness, self-talk phrase like, I'm sorry it hurts, or I'm sorry you hurt, I hope you heal soon. Or I'm sorry you're suffering. I hope you feel better soon. I'm sorry you're impatient and disappointed. I hope you find patience and satisfaction soon. I'm sorry you're feeling financially insecure right now. I hope you find financial security soon. I'm just noticing what happens, the effect of hearing these words. Some of them may resonate with you, some of them may not. I'm sorry you're struggling with depression. I hope you find relief. I'm sorry you're struggling with anxiety. I hope you find some freedom from worry soon. Some people have trouble with the word sorry. I'm using it here with the intention of acknowledging that I heard about your suffering. I have empathy for your suffering. I have hopes or wishes for your relief from suffering. But you might also try some phrases like these. And you can Use the word you as if you're speaking to yourself. You can use the word I as if you're the one speaking. And you can play around with both. So some statements of self-compassion might be something like, may you meet suffering with compassion.
May you one day meet suffering with compassion. May you be free of physical suffering. May you be free of mental anguish. May you be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May you be free of pain and sorrow. And just noticing what it's like to be in the presence of these wishes. May you hold your pain with mercy and compassion. May you forgive yourself for past mistakes. May you love yourself just as you are. May you be kind and patient with yourself and others. May you be safe and protected. Take a moment to play with or experiment with a phrase you might imagine using. So maybe it's one of these, maybe another one comes to mind. So take a moment just to use your own phrase and notice what that feels like, both saying it to yourself and hearing it from yourself.
Now bring to mind someone in your life that you care about. And if you have a variety of people to choose from, for, for now just pick one. You can always practice with others later. And imagine saying these phrases to someone you love or like or care about. And again, just noticing what it feels like to be in the presence of wishing these, making these wishes to someone you care about. May you meet suffering with compassion. May you one day meet suffering with compassion. May you be free of physical suffering. May you be free of mental anguish. May you be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May you be free of pain and sorrow. making these compassionate wishes to someone you love or like or care about. May you hold your pain with mercy and compassion. May you forgive yourself for past mistakes. May you love yourself just as you are. May you be kind and patient with yourself and others. May you be safe and protected. Now take a moment to play around with or experiment with a phrase you might imagine using, either in the privacy of your own mind or if this being that you like or love or care about was there. So just experimenting with the language, what kind of phrase would it be nice to use with someone that you care about?
because of the propensity of negative inner dialogue. I like cultivating pleasant, supportive inner dialogue using these phrases. Some people prefer to just feel it. They might, in their mind, radiate out love or kindness or compassion or colors. So now on purpose, shift attention and bring to mind someone who loves you or someone who really likes you or someone you imagine might look upon you benevolently, someone who would be rooting for you, someone who's in your corner. This can be someone you know or it can be someone you know of. It can be a fictional character. Bring this being to mind and imagine them expressing this compassion to you, making these wishes to you. So now you're on the receiving end. This being is beaming to you compassion. So feel what it's like receiving these compassionate wishes from this being. This being says, may you meet suffering with compassion. They say to you, may you one day meet suffering with compassion. They say to you, may you feel free of physical suffering. May you feel free of mental anguish. May you be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May you be free of pain and sorrow. They say to you, may you hold your pain with mercy and compassion. This loved one or benevolent being says to you, may you forgive yourself for past mistakes. May you love yourself just as you are. May you be kind and patient with yourself and others. May you be safe and protected. And you might consider if there are other phrases you can remember this being 
using with you or can imagine them saying to you. Maybe a phrase you would really like to hear from them. shifting the focus of your attention just to you and make these phrases with I statements and notice how this feels. Maybe it will feel similar, maybe it will feel different from the ways we've used these phrases. May I meet suffering with compassion. Or may I one day meet suffering with compassion. May I be free of physical suffering. May I be free of mental anguish. May I be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May I hold my pain with mercy and compassion. May I forgive myself for past mistakes May I love myself just as I am. May I be kind and patient with myself and others. May I be safe and protected. And are there any other phrases you'd like to say to yourself? May I learn to look at myself with the eyes of understanding and love. be able to recognize and touch a sense of joy and happiness in myself. May I be patient. May I be strong. 
May I give myself the kindness and compassion I need. May I learn from my experiences. May I accept my life as it is. Or one day, may I accept my life as it is. May I rejoice in being me. And one of my favorites, may I one day be the person my dog thinks I am. So just noticing what it's like to be in the presence of these phrases. To be in the presence of this intention to be kind and compassionate toward yourself, toward a loved one or someone you care about. Them being compassionate and kind to you. Noticing what it's like and letting that be. And to conclude our practice for now, if your eyes are closed, you might open them and look around. You might move your head from side to side, up and down, shrug your shoulders, stretch, wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, yawn if you'd like. And this will conclude our practice for tonight. Thank you for your practice.